Hello and welcome to the first edition in our ESG reporting podcast series. My name is Bryce Harrod and I'm going to be guiding you along this journey where we're going to be bringing you some of the latest insights and developments into what is this ever-evolving ESG reporting world. And what we're doing here is we're launching this series at what is a landmark moment because we have the first two IFRS sustainability disclosure standards. Uh, Those have been just published. And this is really a a sign of great progress towards a global ESG reporting baseline. And really, it's also much needed connectivity between sustainability information and what is typically reported in the financial statements. And it's because of this moment that we wanted to spend our first episode talking about these ISSB standards. I mean, there's, there are really many angles that we can take when discussing them, uh, but we really wanted to start with linking them to what may be a good foundation for some companies, which is the TCFD. So I'm joined today by Simon Weaver, who heads up KPMG's global ESG strategy transformation implementation team which admittedly is a mouthful, and we're really happy to have Simon here. He's going to help us get into how to approach these new standards for companies that already use the TCFD framework, and also for those that don't. So Simon, welcome and thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Bryce. Great to be here. So Simon, what we wanted to do today is really focus on three key areas where we have the intersection between the TCFD framework and these recently published ISSB standards. So I'm just going to run through what we're going to talk about really quick. First question or first area is going to be, what has the TCFD already achieved? And then the second one, let's go into how the ISSB standards are going to build on that TCFD framework. And we can wrap up by talking about what our listeners should be doing next. So with that being said, then let's dive in. Simon, given that you sit on the TCFD, do you mind quickly just helping to baseline our listeners' knowledge about the TCFD and how it's been used up until this point in time. Yeah, no, absolutely, Bryce. So, so the TCFD, so importantly, what does it stand for? Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures. And really, it was set up to help capital markets better understand and, and explain the, the impacts of climate change, both risks and opportunities. Now, importantly, it's a, a voluntary reporting framework which has been taken on by some jurisdictions. But what the TCFD has done really well is also accompanied that with lots of practical guidance for for companies and and financial institutions to really understand how to bring climate risks and opportunities into their strategic decision making, but also ultimately into their disclosures. So it has four key pillars. The first one is governance, then strategy, risk management and, and metrics and targets. And I often say it's unfortunately it's got the D in TCFD because it is much more than a disclosure framework. It really is a, a strategic risk management framework. And that's why it's popular with investors because it really encourages companies to consider how is their business impacted by climate change and then ultimately then reporting on that and, and providing that to the user of financial statements. But I think one of the biggest success of the TCFD has actually been around how it's elevated the conversation at the board level across the globe around what is climate change and and how does that impact our economy and and individual organizations. So, I mean, you you mentioned there earlier on that the TCFD is a voluntary framework. And in this kind of voluntary reporting world, success can sometimes be characterized by how many companies are using it. So 
just how many companies actually are leveraging the TCFD right now from, from a climate reporting perspective? Yeah, and it, it does, I get a, a monthly update being on the TCFD board and it, it literally goes up every month. But I think where we're at at the moment is there's over 4,500 companies that are reporting under the TCFD and that covers a market capitalization of $28 trillion. And then if you actually include all of the financial firms and, and the portfolios they're reporting on, you go then up to $220 trillion. So it's a, it's a huge amount. KPMG did a survey of some of the world's biggest companies in 2022 and, and 61% at that point were reporting under TCFD. So it, it's really taken off. And I think it's back to that strategic framework and, and boards really seeing the value of what this can do for their, for their organization. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Okay, now that we have a good sense of what the TCFD is and how it's currently used, let's bring these new ISSB standards into the mix and really shift our focus to the second question of how the ISSB standards actually build on the TCFD framework. And if you don't mind, Simon, maybe I can actually give this one a start. So two things. First, at its foundation, right, the ISSB standards build on the structure of the TCFD that you just outlined. So when we actually go in the read them, we're gonna see things like governance and strategy. And what's really cool is that other draft standards such as those in Europe and those being developed in the US are using similar structures to support that international operability. The second point, and this is where the ISSB standards start going above and beyond the TCFD, is that the ISSB standards focus on all ESG related matters, not just climate. And so it's there that we already start seeing the ISSB standards kind of go above and beyond. Yeah, I think they're really great two points, Bryce. And I think two further things from me. One, you know, once you go beyond climate, it does actually get more complex, unfortunately. Starting to think about potential trade-offs, how different things interact. So things like the just transition um, and also the link between climate matters and biodiversity. And I think it's great that the ISSB have started to, to consider those and, and, and include those in the standards. Also, they are standards. So the ISSB standards provide more detailed principles and requirements for what is and, and importantly, what isn't required to be reported. Um, so they're really a, a sustainability reporting standard versus the TCFD, which is a framework. And really that leads back to the point around them being assurable um, ultimately over time. Okay, so let's pivot to our third and final area of focus then for today which is simply what our listeners should be thinking about now and how companies should be approaching these requirements. So Simon, why don't you kick us off this time? What do you think companies really need to do now that we've reached this landmark moment where the ISSB has launched these new standards? Yeah, so I think there's probably three key things to, to kick off with. Um, one is scope, secondly, materiality, and then thirdly, a sort of gap or, or readiness assessment. So in terms of the, the scope, First question is identifying, you know, where is the ISSB applicable for you across your organizational structure? And importantly, how does that tie into the incoming EU standards and, and the US climate rule, for example? And, and ultimately, by doing that kind of analysis, you can come up with a sustainability reporting strategy, which importantly is compliant, but almost more importantly, is, a, is an efficient strategy and, and value adding for your organization. The second step is then around materiality. So understanding where are the key focus areas for you across the sustainability agenda, the importance of engaging with the board across your business and, and stakeholders, 
and ultimately enabling you to prioritise and focus both for internal decision making and also ultimately for your ISSB disclosures. And then finally, a gap or readiness assessment. Hopefully, you're actually doing a lot of what you need to do for the ISSB already. So it's important to understand where that is and make sure you're moving um, from where you are already rather than starting afresh. And, and I also think it's important that companies understand the transition options, right? There's a key one within the ISSB that really allows companies to report only on climate for the first year. So for those that are already doing TCFD reporting, this means they can move from a clear progression of doing TCFD reporting now to ISSB climate only reporting and then eventually to the full ISSB reporting. But even taking into account those transition options, right, it's still important to get on with designing your future reporting target operating model and, of course, identifying what data you need within that model. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. But what I, I think one of the key things I say to all my clients is it's important to not let the desire per, for perfect data get in the way of moving forward. Um, and I'm seeing that time and time again. Now, absolutely, we need to start to bring non-financial reporting controls, systems and processes in line with the quality that we have for financial reporting. Um, but that's going to take over time. And it's really important just to get going. And I love that as one of the key takeaways like that that's just like resonating so much with me right now. Uh, a few other key takeaways that I'm hearing and digesting right now. You know, if one, if, if you're already doing some form of reporting the TCFD framework, that's a bonus. You've given yourself a leg up in the short term in that implementation journey of yours especially given that transition relief that we just discussed. Secondly, you need to understand where the ISSB goes above and beyond the TCFD and also right, how your organization is going to achieve those new requirements. Simon, what about you? What are some key takeaways? Yeah, I think just building on that second one, that materiality assessment, that is where you absolutely have to start to understand where to go, whether you've done the TCFD or, or not before. Secondly, scenario analysis. That's the bit that really takes the time. So make sure you're kicking off that early and, and making sure you've got that cross-functional group to, to deliver on it. Um, and thirdly, don't forget that you cannot look at your ISSB implementation in a silo. So you need to consider the ISSB requirements in conjunction with any other ESG regulatory reporting requirements your organization will be subject to. Simon, you ended on the perfect note there. That last point of yours about not operating in a silo we're going to be diving into this broader topic in a variety of our upcoming episodes with some of our other guest speakers. So listeners, please stay tuned. Bottom line here, there's real progress towards the longer term aim of building that global baseline for ESG reporting. And now, right now is the perfect time to step up and get started on your implementation journey if you haven't already. We've honestly only scratched the surface here with Simon, but hopefully this gives you a clear sense of what's involved for companies and how these topics are going to be covered over the course of this series. Much more detailed info on these standards and how you might apply them are available at KPMG IFRS. And all that leaves for me to say is thanks for listening. Thanks to Simon for joining us. And we are really looking forward to welcome you on our next episode. 